Mystical American Patriot Society. Smokestacks Midweek Transmission. Good day, folks. Smokestack here with another uh, midweek update. Today I was talking with a good friend of mine and listener, Willow. And Willow, in his professional capacity, uh, travels all over the country by car and by plane uh, in rural and urban areas. And we were just talking about the differences in the response to COVID between different areas of the country, specifically the difference between urban and rural. And he had some really interesting Remarks from his travel, so I uh, just did a very quick interview with him uh, that I'd like to share with you guys, because most of us don't get to travel all that much, especially right now, and may not be aware uh, of the stark differences in urban and rural responses to the COVID phenomenon, not just in government enforcement, but just in the way that local businesses and individuals are handling themselves, are believing the reporting on it, are uh, obeying or not obeying the orders. So here's a little call with Willow, and I'll just jump right into that. Thanks for listening. That is just fine. All right, Willow, I want you to tell me, give me, give me like over your last couple months of travel during the COVID times, I want you to give me sort of where you've been, rural, urban, what the COVID attitude and response has been, the, the, are the people wearing masks? Are they not wearing masks? Are businesses closed? Are they open? Um, churches, courthouses, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's been pretty interesting because I've been up to Chicago and Illinois, Indiana, all the way out to New York, New York City, Pennsylvania, uh, Long Island, and then Texas and all that good stuff. So I think it's interesting. I think a good example is like you get to New York, right? You fly into the Pennsylvania airport because they were on that two-week uh you know, restriction things. So I flew into Pennsylvania where everybody in the city is wearing masks and all that. But then when I drove on out to Long Island, it's, it's interesting because that's more of the, uh, I guess, redneck area of mm-hmm. New York. Yep. But everybody out there, nobody was wearing masks. On Long uh, Island. Yeah, it was awesome. Interesting. And they were all, okay. Yeah, they were all hypercritical of what's going on. And it was really interesting to see, like, a lot of Trump supporters on the island and how they were they were reacting. I think – there's probably more rednecks on that island than in the south. But then you go to Chicago, same thing. You know, you're anywhere near an airport or a major city, everybody's wearing a mask in the store, pumping gas, all that. But you get out, you go out to the suburbs, out in the rural area, country land, farmland, and uh, no one's really wearing masks, not even inside. You know, most of your employees are wearing masks in store still, but the customers really – Maybe twenty percent are. Okay, what and about- then you definitely see a huge swing in demographics. Like uh, you know, there's certain demographics where like maybe ninety percent of them are wearing masks of that demographic. It's pretty interesting. You mean like like racial different racial and yes. age groups and stuff? Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So what about um, this is kind of a hard thing to quantify, but what about the general vibe? Because you you travel a lot for work. Okay, you're going to large and small cities and all all over the country. And so what what's the vibe, the attitude, the um of the people that you encounter in the 
the meg, mega urban areas, the big like global cities versus out in the country that are not um, that are not necessarily tied in real firmly to that global economic system. Right. I think I know what you're asking. So I'm only going to tell you like the, the feeling I have when I the, the difference in when I go to a a store, like when I stop and get gas or get something from a store when I'm in a city versus out in the country. So it's, it's funny cause it's like flipping a pancake. So like if you're in the city, if you're not wearing a mask, you kind of get the stank eye. Mm-hmm. They're looking at you really funny if you're not wearing a mask. So you're like, okay, I'm not going to create a scene. I'll just throw my mask on. Cause I'm not, you know, picking my battles, mm-hmm. but then you get out in the country. And if you're wearing a mask in the store, you kind of get the stink eye because people look at you like you're an idiot falling for the trap. Because okay. you're wearing a mask. Okay. So it's really interesting. It's completely different. Like polar opposites is the impression I'm getting. Interesting. Okay. So I I ask I ask about the vibe because I've been thinking a lot about um I guess we could call it a perceptual bubble. And I think that the media coverage, the um the government um force being applied is so those factors like that are so different in their severity and have been not just for COVID, but maybe for the last 10 years of all these different crises that we've been suffering through wave after wave, the, the, um, the, the propaganda, the uh, effect on the citizens, the government uh, responses to it have all been so much stronger in the cities versus the rural areas that the cities have kind of been put into a perceptual bubble where they're not they're not really living in the same reality as the rest of the country anymore and now we're seeing that thing really that divide really separate um in a, to a huge perceptual gulf between urban and rural areas and you're telling me that you can kind of feel that as you move between those in your travels Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think what you just explained has been the case for quite some time. But I thoroughly think this whole COVID reaction really made it obvious and has made it even more polarizing. Uh, Man, you'll go out in like rural Texas and you will never see anybody, uh, nobody wearing a mask out there. Like I was way outside of Dallas and there was nobody wearing a mask. Like you won't even see a mask, period. Right. And I think this whole COVID thing really shined a light on it because they're not seeing, they're, we're not getting the same experience, you know, out in the country, you're not having the cases, you're not seeing the same experience that all these people are quote unquote seeing and having inside these major cities. So I think, like I said, COVID's really made it obvious, the difference now. And, you know, like I said, you get the stank eye if you're out in the middle of the country and you wear a mask, people are looking at you like you're just a, you know, an idiot that's just following what people tell you on the TV, you know? How, how did Dallas look as opposed to outside of Dallas? It's Dallas is a mixed bag. I mean, that's a pretty large city. So you're, you know, maybe 50% from what I'm seeing is wearing a mask, but it wasn't, you know, still Texas at the end of the day where I think most people were, you know, not wearing them. The the difference is when you kind of get to a place of work, like with what I do, yep, where they actually require you to wear one when you're inside the facility. So it's kind of hard to judge it sometimes, but so I have to, you know, stores, restaurants, that's how I have to judge it. Uh, of the, of the major cities that you're in, uh, like those first tier cities, which would you say have been the most um, people have reserved the most freedom for themselves as far as 
lockdowns and so forth and masking, and which of the cities is the most uh, authoritarian and repressive with the curfews and lockdowns and masks and stuff? I mean, I think I think you already know the answer to that. I mean, the the southeast and Texas are the most you know free feeling mm-hmm. areas. You get up to Chicago and up to the New York area. I mean, you know, you see how they try to quarantine people up in New York and stuff. So yeah, it's it's what you would expect. Okay, so without without describing uh, without you know saying where you live, could you describe the urban versus ruralness of the place that you live and what your day to day experience is like? Yeah, I live in a smaller, I'd call it a smaller city, mm-hmm. but it's not doesn't take long to get out in the country. So most of the people that do work in the city I live in, eighty percent probably live out in the country. Okay. So where I'm at, you really see more people wearing masks based on their their race. I would actually say mm-hmm. than anything. So you know, you know, black people, I would say about ninety percent of what I see are wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, most white people, maybe twenty percent are wearing masks, which I find. That's very interesting in itself as well. But, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much mostly rural coming into the city to work. But, you know, there's no place where I live that's mandating you have to wear a mask to have business in their facility or the place. Okay, so so you mean there's no government mandate or, or there's Correct. no – but some no, of the businesses are requiring it. Yeah, what's been re- – well, yeah, so they'll ask of it, but they're not kicking people out of the stores. Okay. So I, you know, let's, I'll use Target as an example because you know how, where Target leans on this stuff on this topic. Yeah. Well, I was surprised. I go in there and I automatically know I'm not going to make a Target employee ask me to wear a mask. Just again, pick your battles. But I was in Target expecting everyone to wear a mask, and 20 percent were not, which surprised me because usually everybody in Target wears a mask because they ask you to do it. Right. But they didn't kick, it, kick them out. But then you go to another more privately owned mom and pop store. They'll actually post outside the facility that they're not liable if you get COVID inside and nobody's wearing a mask inside, including employees. But they kind of have that that sign on the front and saying, hey, we're not liable for mm-hmm. COVID in here, you know? OK. Which I respect. Yeah. So uh, are, when you're traveling, are you mostly driving or mostly flying? I do both. About you, 50-50. OK. So what what's your experience been like with the airlines? Uh, so, you know, with to get to board the plane, you have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're going through the line, so security lines, they make you wear a mask. But when you're at the terminal or kind of just walking around otherwise, no one's making you wear a mask. Okay. Have you been required to take a COVID test to travel? I have not. Okay. I have not had the privilege yet. Oh, good. Uh, okay. What about driving? Have you run into anything like um, at the border, people asking questions or anything like that? No, I was really worried about that when I flew into Pennsylvania, knowing I was driving into New York. Mm-hmm. And on the bridges going into New York City, they had all these signs about, you know, quarantining for two weeks and all that. But I never wor- once was pulled over or questioned. So there's not – there's a lot of big talk, but there's not a lot of enforcement? From what I've seen, unless something's changed in the past month or two. Okay. Um, as your – I, I guess this has been interesting because you've, you've really taken a survey kind of, of of a large portion of the country that I think a lot of our listeners don't get to travel as much as you do. Um, is there anything, either just some broad observations about what's going on in the country or any particular place that you that really stood out to you on, along these lines that you want to share? Yeah, I guess the only thing, because I've traveled so much and I'm more of the camp that a mask is probably going to increase your probability of getting sick. 
just because you're touching your face a lot more frequent. Uh-huh. And uh, I've got to say, with all the traveling I've done and being in all the different places, I am shocked that I haven't had any, quote, symptoms or anything. Because mm-hmm. I, I swear, I'm sure I have had to been exposed. If it's, if it's everything they're saying it is, right. and like, I'm a little skeptical that it is, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way in heck that I, there's, that I haven't been exposed to it in my mind at this point. With all the people I interact with and all the places I've been. And myself, nor anybody that I'm in contact with daily, my family, extended family, none of us have come down with COVID or shown any symptoms. So I find that very suspicious on its own level. So, I mean, do you personally know anybody that's popped a positive test? Yeah, actually, in our in the neighborhood we live in, our, mm-hmm. our neighbors that went through our neighborhood when we were out of town. Did anybody get really sick that you know of? Or? No, just mild flu symptoms in okay. one family, and that was it. All right. Well, cool. I, I appreciate the chance to interview you uh, today. Maybe we'll do another check-in as uh, as your travels progress throughout the year. Anytime. Thank you. Lattice theory, shockwaves, hydrodynamics, astrophysics, weather control, atomic energy, computer technology, and theory of automata. Game theory. Rings of operators. Lattice theory. Shockwaves. Hydrodynamics, astrophysics, weather control. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Atomic energy. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Computer technology. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Theory of automata. This is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 